the CRE Power Hour, everyone. My name is Lisa Marie Wand and my co-host, Stephanie. She's not here today, but between the two of us, we've spent the last two decades growing and scaling our businesses. And together, we're bringing you a new space for you to learn alongside the best in real estate at CRE Power Hour. Today, our guest speaker is Lisa Thomas, and we're so excited to have her on the show. Hi there. We do have a live audience joining us today, and uh, we welcome you to ask questions questions. Uh, actually, we're going to be asking questions of Lisa today. So let's get right to it. Uh, Lisa, thanks for being on the show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. That introduction was so inspiring. The music and the pictures. That was amazing. We're setting the vibe for a really fun show today. Mm-hmm. And Lisa Thomas, let me give you just a little bit of information. She'll she'll introduce herself. But Lisa is licensed as a broker in North Carolina and South Carolina, and she also holds the designation of a certified international property specialist. So she's an international commercial real estate broker as well. Lisa, welcome to the show. And we would love to hear the story about how you ended up in commercial real estate. uh, My parents, my father had a general contractor's license and he also had a uh, real estate license and, and and participated in both equally. And they, they, drew the plans and built the house for the house I grew up in, which was very unique and unusual. And so I watched them through that process, which initially uh, created my interest in, in real estate in general. And then um, eventually I, I started in residential and I just became very intrigued with um, the intricacies of commercial. So moved into commercial. And so how long were you in the business before you moved over to just, we say moved over, I call it moving over to the dark side. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like in Star Wars, um, yeah. which is fun because we do have a lot of fun mm-hmm. in commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. How long were you a realtor before you started focusing on commercial real estate? I probably was, I was licensed, actively licensed in residential for probably 10 years, but I was also doing, I worked at Cisco Systems and did a bit of technology during that time as well. And I, I felt like I had systematically learned that I could. And um, there was a, is a woman who owns a commercial real estate firm in Raleigh, North Carolina, where I live. And I just admired her so much and what they did and followed and admired her and the whole company. And so I just called her one day and said, I really want to learn commercial. Would you have a cup of coffee with me? And she did. And I went to work for her and have worked off and on with and for her for many years. You talked about the fact that you decided you really wanted to focus in commercial real estate was because of the intricacies of the business. Could you talk about that a little bit more? Which, because it is a complicated, um, very transaction and, you know, just the whole business, but give a little more detail to our listeners and our viewers about that. One of the things that I, I have found, uh, when there are residential agents who ask me one of the, what's the biggest difference to me, one of the biggest differences is there's no emotion whatsoever. It's all mathematical. And so, um, you know, people put both sides, put numbers on paper. And if the numbers uh, work such that they can come together in their different, um, you know, what they 
each conclusions, then it, then you have a deal. And if it doesn't, you don't. <laughs> and, and, um, just the actual mathematics and, um, emotionless aspect of it is, is kind of what attracted me, it, you know, it either works or it doesn't. And that's, and that's kind of it. That's what attracted me. Well, well, I know you, I've gotten to know you pretty well, and you're definitely not emotionless and our clients aren't either, but I do understand it's more of a, you know, if it's going to make me money, I'm going to do it. And if it's not going to make me money, I'm not going to do it. Right. Right. And what's interesting to me, what, a big difference was that when that happens, when one party comes to one conclusion, another party comes to another conclusion, and, and it's just, we're not going to be able to meet in the middle. Um, they, they're both understanding and no harm, no foul. It's just not going to work. And maybe our paths will cross again someday. And um, mathematically, we just didn't come to agreement. And I, I thought that was kind of interesting and an interesting difference. And um, what tools do you see that are available now that weren't available before as far as commercial real estate? In my opinion, one of the one of the biggest things that is available now um, that wasn't so much then are the, the use and me's of the industry, which is I know you're an advisor and a broker in charge and uh, um, amazing mentor. I wish I could talk to you every day, personally speaking. Um, uh, and when I started at all, except for the one woman that I called and, and that's why I called her. She was the only female I knew in commercial real estate. And so um, I'm, I'm halfway joking, halfway serious when I say the yous and me's, which is people you can shadow, you can call, you can mentor, you can ask for advice um, and instruction. And then also there are um, schools, tools, training, such as, um, EXP commercial where you and I both are, have the advisor program. There's the NCREA program. Um, Mike Lipsy has the, a great training program. And then of course there's the CCIM, which is, you know, the mat, the, that's in my opinion, one of the, the best, um, training programs. Um, all of those were kind of felt, felt kind of out of reach when I'll, there are more people, more tools, more avenues for learning and training than there were at the time, which is kind of great. Yeah, that's true. And talk about, um, so you have your um, certified international property specialist and um, talk about that in relation to your commercial real estate business. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, the, the, it's called a CIPS and it's through the national association of realtors. And what a lot of people may not realize is there are also state level associations. So I got involved with the state level association where I live in North Carolina. And because I had the CIPS certified international property specialist, I was able to participate as chairman of an international real estate committee locally and now I'm on the state level board and then through that I've been invited to participate um, with the FIOBC or organization which is specifically international on their commercial committee. You, you can participate in as much anywhere you would like as a result of, of the internet and these organizations which bring us together and primarily I think that one of the biggest 
advantages to those certifications and those organizations are first and foremost the education, but then coupled with that is the networking and, uh, you know, which affords you the opportunity to be a part of the organization, which then opens the door for you for that database. So if someone calls me and says, I would like to buy a home in Ireland, I would like to buy a home in uh, Belize, I can find a resource for you and have you introduced to them within 24 hours at the, at, at the most because of the, the database and the contacts that those organizations afford you. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, Lisa. Um, I, any CCIM event I've been to, any commercial conference or expo that I've gone to, whether I was speaking or not, the opportunity to connect with people and not only begin to create those personal relationships, um, but I was looking at some statistics the other day as far as successful commercial real estate agents and brokers. Mm -hmm. And about, I would say about 20% and maybe even a little more of our deals could be coming from other commercial real estate agents and brokers. And a, and a lot of people overlook that, but, but I have that in my business as well, where we, you know, yes, maybe we're, we're uh, competing against other firms, but we can also get more deals done together mm -hmm. and that's based on relationship and mm -hmm. um i'm actually attending a ccim class on monday called commercial real estate negotiations and i'm as just as excited about all the other people that will be there in the live mm -hmm. class the in real life class as i am the content so i agree with you and commercial mm -hmm. real estate is a business of relationships that's another thing that makes us stand apart from our residential counterparts is mm -hmm. that we truly get things done with the relationships with our clients and mm -hmm. our referral partners and other agents and brokers. And I'm sure you would agree with that. Absolutely. 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 And, and if you don't mind, if I add one more thing about the international component is part of the training that you learn through the international um, certifications that you're asking me about is the communication that you were referring to is how to better do that with people from other countries and other. Um, so, so for instance, the way a, people have disc profiles, different countries kind of have different. Their disc. cultural profile, yes. right? That's true. I never thought about that. It's very fascinating. The more you learn in one instance, um, if you don't receive, so there was, there's this funny cat, funny little phrase they use about um, whether you receive a compliment or not means you did a good job. And then in another culture, whether you received a criticism or not would help you know if you did a good job or not. And it varies from culture to culture. So you learn when you're communicating with other people and other countries kind of communicate better through this training. So um, it's pretty fascinating. I'd recommend it to anybody. Do you speak really any foreign languages, Lisa? A, li a little bit. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not confident, but I do. But it, I'm passionate about learning some more. Let's put it that way. That would be but a killer foreign. combination to be I multilingual know. and have your CIPS certification and to be a badass commercial broker like you are. Oh, um, thank you. 
it's on <laughs> it's on my uh that circle board we talked about with the goals oh yeah on- yes i was talking to lisa a couple of weeks ago we were just doing a impromptu coaching session and catching up and i was talking to her about a, a great way to create a business plan on the fly because <clears throat> i just did an offsite with my team yesterday to do purpose planning for 2023 but, you know, things shift and flow throughout the year and we're always connecting with our plan. And so a great way that I like to to put things down on paper so I can see them is to do a mind map. And Lisa knew exactly what I was talking about, but you can create a plan for a project or a deal or for your business pretty quickly using um bubbles and lines as a mind map. Right, Lisa? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in my bubble. Getting better. I, I, I There is a language I speak. In my bubble. Which language did you say you speak? German, a little bit. German. Can you drop some German on me? <laughs> Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So <clears throat> I I know you and I had a conversation a couple weeks ago about those most recent sale that you did that got you some spotlight. You were featured in Success Magazine and you've mm-hmm. had some opportunities to do some professional speaking and some other things have come up for you um, because of your years of service and be, and also because of this for this recent deal. So would you walk our audience through what that deal was and and what was unique about it and and just give us some detail? Oh, thank you. Um, it's such an interesting story. Um, and one thing I'd like to start with is by saying there was a gentleman who owned a bar in this building. He was very young compared to me. (laughs) He was was very young and asked me to help represent him because he wanted to sell his bar and, and um, get out of his lease. And he asked me, he hired me because he was afraid of his landlord, (laughs) the owner of the building. And so initially I thought, uh, okay, I'll be happy to talk to your landlord for you because you're afraid of him. And um, later, I learned why he was afraid of him, and he should have been. Afraid of him. But anyway, that's another that's another talk show. <laughs> but um, uh, much I thought it was just doing basically doing a favor for someone, and then that led to me meeting the landlord. It led to me. Le- it was a multi-tenant building about a city the size of a city block here where I live. And it was um, right across the street from NC State University. It was a building that um, had a bowling alley in it. And everybody I talked to had a funny story from being in the in the bowling alley in that building in college. And I leased all the spaces first. There were um, restaurants, at least to a Starbucks, uh, some office space. And then after we had the building completely leased, I had been working with the landlord for, or the owner for, you know, at least a year at that point. And I knew the building inside and out and, and uh, he said, and sell it. And I said, okay, so we did. And um, then the buyer came along who was unrepresented. And um, so I was able to represent both the buyer and the seller in the, in the, in the, the transaction which was about seven million dollars when we listed it and um it was just a, a great opportunity for me 
I learned a lot in the process and I get a lot of questions about the dual agency piece. Yeah, I'm actually was going to ask you about that. Um, how did you navigate the dual agency or representing both parties like you mentioned? Well, um, interestingly, we do eight hours of seat continuing education in North Carolina every year. And I just had four hours of the broker in charge yesterday. And we talked about it in the class because the woman teaching the class is one of my mentors and a real estate commissioner that I love and adore. And we talked about it in the class and um, some of the things that helped pave the way were that when I initially filled out the listing agreement with the man who owned the bill, the owner, I had no idea. I didn't really think that anyone ever would come along to buy it that wouldn't be represented. And, and yet, thank goodness, um, I had the foresight to include that in the listing agreement, which is what would happen if a buyer came along who was unrepresented, what would my commission percentage be? And would he be agreeable to that? And so I had all that writing already in the listing agreement. And so therefore it was a conversation that we had already had and we had already kind of hashed out, we not kind of, we had hashed out the details, listed the details in the listing agreement. So then at that point, I just had to make note the owner that the buyers have told me they are unrepresented. Are you agreeable to that? He said, yes, we had put it in writing, had both parties sign. And so because I had addressed it beforehand, it, it paid easier conversation when it actually happened. And then during the well, let me um, let me ask you about lisa let me ask you about that in in the carolinas is it already in your agreement about dual agency or is it something you added in additional terms both i mean there was a very basic mention in the um in the standard form and then i added some additional detail and why i did that without knowing that was going to happen i don't know the the uh no, the, commercial, the commercial real estate <laughs> angels were looking out for you and and you're a smart savvy lady yes. so there you go thank you thank you thank you thank you and then um one of the things that i tell people during the actual minutia of the design which took a long time and we're I mean, we're talking about about a year um i tell I tell people, everyone's afraid to say, I don't know when someone asks you a question. And I say, you know, when you're in a dual agency situation, I think best friend is to say, let me find out for, let me find out and get back to you because everything you say and everything you share has to be verifiable in a report, in a receipt um, of some form that you can verify. And so in that regard, Anything that was requested of me, I just got the report. I got the report, whether it's from the accountant or whether it's from the manufacturer or whether it was from, you know, a warrant. And so in that regard, it took, it took the challenge out of dual agency because I didn't answer anything I didn't know. I just said, let me get that information and get it back to you. And so it worked out really well. And then also I had a buyer and a seller who were very savvy real estate 
people. And so that helps too, because we were all kind of speaking the same language. That definitely helps to have um, experienced clients on both sides of the deal. We had a we had a guest um, on a, a while back, uh, Delee Becker, and and I love what she said. And I don't know if I shared this with you the last time we spoke, Lisa, but she said, um, so. if my client's not willing to do what I tell them to do, then I don't want to work with them. And this can really come into play when you have a um, inexperienced buyer or seller and um, they really do need to listen to you because that's why they hired us is to help them as real estate, commercial real estate professionals through the transaction. But mm-hmm. she was very, she had a really clear boundary about it. It made me giggle. But at the same time, you know, there's some wisdom there that she mm-hmm. said, if they're not willing to listen to what I have to say, and they're not willing to, to do what I tell them to do, then we're not a good fit. And um, I'm sure that you, you know, everyone in this business who's been, in it for a while has had a scenario where that doesn't happen. And then a a transaction a lot of times doesn't complete when that's the case. What are your thoughts on that? I agree wholeheartedly. And the longer I do it, the more I agree. And even yesterday in the CE class, the the teacher who's a mentor of mine, one example she gave was um, every time someone asks you a question and you don't know the answer, is it something you're willing to bet your license on? Because every answer you give, as, as we talked about, needs to be verifiable. And therefore, you know, don't guess. If you're guessing, you could guess your license away. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. So guess. And, and there's a, you know, there's a piece of that about being a good steward and that we're always learning. And also part of it is about being humble because we all mm-hmm. love to have the answers and to be the source of the source of mm-hmm. information, right? And um, because there's so many facets to commercial real estate, um, it's not always good to open your mouth. I, I, one of the things I do is I'll be, I, I will say, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> um, and that, and that just, uh, buys me some time to think and decide how, how I want to move forward because it may not be something I can even get the answer to. They may have to talk with an attorney or a CPA or a Mm -hmm. contractor Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. Um, What Mm -hmm. else did you want to share about how you navigated that um, transaction? And do you want to share some highlights? Do you have some funny stories? I often have people say to me that they think that commercial estate is so glamorous as a condition of the sale, the HVAC unit had to be replaced in this building we've been speaking of, um, this transaction we've been speaking of. And it's a 10 ton unit that had to go across the city street. And according to the city, in order to cross the city street, it had to be done at, you know, three or in the morning and so guess who had to go and sit in the car when it was below zero degrees outside and wait and let them in the building and spend all day waiting for them to that was you unit you on. had to do that Yay. they don't tell you that and when you're not glamorous <laughs> not glamorous i mean you know so lots of funny stories yes there are and i like the one about um 
I like the story about how I met the owner was through the fellow that went <laughs> because to me it just it's a reminder that every person you meet every opportunity could lead to another opportunity and they're all important every introduction and every opportunity is important so I like that story too it's I, I like the fact that because you know we're uh my co-host and I were we're uh commercial real estate badasses and we like to have more badasses on the show like you Lisa and it's funny to me that your client who was leasing the space said I'm afraid of the landlord and um and he picked you to go in there and um and communicate and negotiate with the landlord on his behalf you you look so sweet and darling but but you know there's a there's a fierce negotiator in there right you know, I, I hesitate to say this because the man who owns that building, we are we are friends to this day. I texted with him yesterday, but he he's not easy. And he'd be the first one to tell you he's not easy. And I, I had more than one person say to me, I, you know, no one could have done that but you because he's not easy to deal with. And he wasn't. I mean, there were days when he would send me an email that would be six rows of question marks. And that's it. No words. Just six rows. And I'm supposed to know what that meant. And fortunately... <laughs> Fortunately, uh, you know, we had a relationship where I usually knew what he wanted and I could answer the question. But, you know, uh, thank you for saying that because it's thank you. I mean, I've, I yeah. had more than one person say only you could have done that. So sounds like the your friend slash client slash landlord <laughs> falls in the uh, high D category on the disc profile. Woo! Woo! Triple D. You know, <laughs> Triple D. <laughs> I will say, though, he That's said the awesome. nicest thing because I asked him. <laughs> he said the nicest thing. I told him I was preparing a presentation about the transaction. And, and I said, from your perspective as the owner seller, my initial client, um, is there anything you would say about the ethics of dual agency and me having represented both you and the buyer? Is there anything you would add? And he said the nicest thing, which was, he said, part of ethics, inherent to ethics is being honest. And part of being honest is making an honest effort. And he said, even though we're in different states and I wasn't there to oversee you every day, I had full confidence that you were making an honest effort, which means doing what you need to do, conducting the efforts that need to be made to make this happen. And um, he said he had full confidence in me in that I was doing that and that part of being ethics is honest effort. And I said, that is about the nicest thing you could have said. So, so I That's, appreciate it. Yeah, that is a wonderful compliment um, from your client and and I'm sure something that will continue to guide you as you move forward. As we're wrapping up today, Lisa, and thank you so much for being my guest today. Is there, um, you know, something that you've learned that is really stuck with you that you could share with our audience? You know, and we have an audience of people that are new in commercial real estate or on the periphery and some that are, you know, very successful. Is there something that you've learned that you could share that could help other people in this business? Mm. I haven't thought about that in 
in just that way. And so I'm answering this on the fly, so to speak. But well, it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It worked. You did it. So one one thing I would say is um, take the long view. So what I mean by that is things are going to happen on a day to day basis that are operating um, trip you up and just keep the long goal and the long perspective in mind and work through those challenges on a day to day basis and eventually you will get to the you will you will get to the end successfully. And then also just don't quit and don't give up. I mean, I have people who day they want to learn commercial estate and they're so worried about what do I I say when I get on the phone with this person, what, what, give me the list of questions I should ask them. And don't be so afraid. Don't be too afraid. Just, just have the conversation, get your foot in the door, start the conversation and let it unfold. And don't be so afraid of having every answer and every question beforehand, because you'll learn it as you go. I can, I learned a lot through that last, I say learning commercial real estate is like learning the Bible. The more you read it, the more you realize there's more to learn so yeah <laughs> so just jump in just jump in and don't be afraid i would say yeah that's true um i i heard a statistic today i was in a commercial broker meeting this morning and one of the other brokers um found this it said out of the 1.4 million approximate real estate agents we have in the u.s and that includes commercial um 800,000 have not closed a deal this year. Wow. So that's more than half. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I tell the commercial real estate agents across the U.S. that I mentor is if you're not in real estate, you can't do real estate. In other that's words, right. don't quit. <laughs> because if you're not in the game, you can't play. And um, yeah. so even for those people that aren't, you know, haven't transacted a lot of real estate, I would say you're just not leaning into those high payoff activities. And one of those happens to be picking up the phone and talking mm -hmm. to people, even when you're not sure what to say and you don't know who they are. So I agree with you about, I would say, you said, don't be scared. I would say, be brave, be fierce and go out there and make yourself a successful commercial real estate broker. And um, what we do in this business funds an amazing life for us and allows us to have freedom and enjoy the fruits of our labor. And even in a shifting market, like right now, there's just, there's so much opportunity. So I agree with you, Lisa. Thank you for that. Um, those pearls of wisdom. And I think you're wearing mm. pearls today. So that's perfect. Um, <laughs> Lisa Thomas, well, we've shared your contact information too. And um, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you to our live listeners and also to people that'll be listening to this on our podcast or on social media later on and CRE power hour. We are every second and fourth Wednesday of each and every month at 11 AM Pacific standard time. And we're here to have unplugged and unique conversations about the business of commercial real estate and how to be successful. Thanks for being a wonderful guest today, Ms. Lisa Thomas. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks everyone.